Support for Food Friday Leftovers comes from Berkshire Co-op Market, Great Barrington, Massachusetts, a community-owned natural grocery store dedicated to sustainable agriculture, the local economy, and the environment. Working within the community to better Berkshire County, one basket at a time. Berkshire.coop. Welcome to Food Friday Leftovers, a podcast about all the goodies left over from Food Friday. I'm Dave Hopper. And I'm Ashley Kinsey. Tune in each week as we cover culinary topics such as food trucks, local food, pizza, veggies, beer, and wine. You hungry yet? Huh, I'm always hungry. Well, on that note, Ashley, tell us what's in the fridge this week. This week, we've got coffee and tea in the fridge. We're here with Flavio Lichtenthal of Number 6 Depot. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. And Kevin Borowski of the Whistling Kettle, how are you? Great, thank you. They were both on for our coffee and tea Vox Pop, which we just got done. And I guess I wanted to ask you guys, I'm more of a newbie at this kind of stuff. I just started drinking coffee a couple years ago. I was here at the station. I used to work in the control room right there. And I had to cover uh, a weekend shift along with my daily shift where I got up at 4.30 in the morning. I get here at 5. So after day, I think it was 7, 8, or 9, one of those, I was like, I... I'm going to try this coffee stuff. But we only have a Keurig here. So I'm just wondering, if someone starts drinking coffee out of the Keurig, um, what would the journey be if they wanted to really get into coffee from that point? Like, where would they start, and then um, how would they round out their coffee profile? Well, I I haven't had uh, much experience with uh, Keurigs. Uh, (laughs) No, you don't go out? (laughs) I I had a, a couple times, and they weren't great cups of coffee so I think that you have a pretty good chance of improving from that point on <laughs> uh, as I was mentioning at the earlier uh, interview um, I think that the easiest and uh, a, a most sure way to get a great cup of coffee is a get really good beans be fresh roasted and if you have a decent grinder uh, so the coffee chunks are regular they're not um, irregularly ground mm-hmm. so Good coffee, fresh coffee, good grinder. And then I think that the most consistent, the easiest way to get a great cup of coffee is to either use a manual pour-over. Um, as I was mentioning, Chemex is uh, we're big fans of. Uh, Hario uh, makes them. Uh, any cone with a filter with fresh ground coffee, properly ground with water that is not too hot, uh, somewhere in the 196 to 204. I wouldn't go hotter than that. And then, you know, mindfully uh, extract extracting the coffee uh, will give you a really, I, I think you'd be really happy with that cup of coffee. Or if you have a decent uh, automatic brewer, um, that should be that should be fine. As long, as long as the coffee quality is good and your grinder, you have a good grinder, I think that, that uh, those are key uh, elements. Okay. So start with a good coffee. Start with a good coffee for sure. How would you go about if you wanted to, like I started off on very light blends just because that's what I got into, and now I'm sort of in the medium roast. Is there a lot of choices in there, like a deeper medium roast, or is it all just kind of one, two, light, dark, medium? Uh, that You know, that depends. I think commercially speaking, uh, yes, if you go to a supermarket, if you go to a, a commercial, uh, a, a place like, this, like a coffee place, you'll probably find light, medium, and dark. Uh, if you go to a roastery or to a, to a coffee shop that, that is a little more specialized, uh, there's all the shades within those okay. categories. And then 
then you start getting to origin of the coffee and and there will be different qualities. So it's not always about the color of the rose, the depth of color of the rose, but it has a lot to do with depth of uh, development of of the roasting process, but also of the origin. There are some some coffees. An Indian coffee that's medium roasted reads really deep. Yeah. And uh, an Ethiopian that is medium plus will read probably a lot lighter. So you you get into the intricacies of it. Uh, yeah. the, much, the more you, you, you investigate and delve into it. But, um, yeah, so I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it's great. And, Kevin, you started uh, the Whistling Kettle, and you read this in a magazine that this might be a good idea, if I'm not mistaken. And you were drinking the regular tea, like the bag tea we get in the store. So how was that journey from that until where you are now, tea-wise? Well, when you go to a store, especially that point, we're talking the late 90s, there was very little selection. And when you were looking for green tea, they would just be green tea. Yeah. And maybe they would have Earl Grey and a few other, but there was very limited varieties. And so once I discovered the world of loose tea, there was two things I discovered. One, that all the highest quality tea is going to the loose tea market and the literally the leftovers go to the bag tea market. Hmm. So I was missing out on all these great teas and um, that was one of the, the main issues. Um, How did you find that out? Just research? Yeah, there is also the variety of tea too. There was such a, such a higher amount of teas that were out there that I'd yeah. never heard of before. And so these would never, some of the teas can't even physically be put into bags. So just researching, and then at that point when I got serious about it, I would go to trade shows and meet a lot of these places. Uh, And so, I mean, we were talking thousands of different varieties of tea, and the combinations are almost endless because then you can mix other ingredients in with teas, you know, with various herbal or fruits or flavors. And so it really kind of spread out into like a whole new world. How many... um new teas do you guys come up do you try to come up with a new tea all the time are you constantly trying new things we we go through spurts um because with us too you know we have menus that are in the stores and we can't necessarily just uh, the flick of a wrist you know (laughs) do everything but we we come across a lot of different blends now we do have blenders that we work with and companies we work with so if they come out with something very interesting we'll carry it and it's very easy for us to carry it online first and we'll bring it to the stores as sort of a test run we have a tea of the month club that we do that's an online subscription program so i sometimes get like reserve batches of like very small amounts of like some interesting tea and i just ship that out to customers online exclusively for that so we're always getting samples and we're doing a lot of tastings and sometimes i revisit things i may have not tried something for a while or i'll get another tea that's similar and i'm like wow this one's really a lot better and i'll do some switching and replace it with a different type and how do you both are in industries where uh, pizza would be another one like i'm a huge pizza fan i grew up in new jersey an italian family and you know we had great sauce so a lot of pizza and coffee and tea like you said the bag stuff in the store it's like very common. Everyone just, they know green tea, they know black tea, they know light coffee, medium. Mm. How do you go about trying to expand people's horizons that just know that basic level of tea or coffee? Well, we have the cafe, and I, so do you, Flavio. So that the More cafe, like on a personal level. I yeah. Guess. I mean, I, I drink it, I advocate it. Um, I, I don't force anyone saying, well, what you're drinking is, is, is garbage, which, <laughs> you know, so... I have the stuff, um, and I get usually what I try to do is I hey, here try this tea, and then I get someone hooked on one type of tea, and then it, it kind of gets them into a pathway of like, oh, I want I want to try some good 
some better stuff. Other people will be for health-related reasons. They might want to get healthy, and a doctor might say, Yo, you need to start drinking tea to get more antioxidants in you. And so they, they're looking where to go. And, and, and they don't uh, want to be stuck with one tea forever. <laughs> right. And I don't recommend one tea. There, there's other reasons. I don't recommend just drinking one type of tea, sometimes for safety reasons too, because uh, you kind of want to like diversify where the tea comes mm -hmm. from because like anything else, it's a food product. And you know you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So, um, And it's the same thing, I'm sure, with coffee. You don't yeah. drink the same coffee, I'm sure, every single day. That's a, that's a good question and a good answer. We, we definitely have a forum uh, where we can educate, we can turn people on to different things. In my place, when you walk in, we have eight different brewed coffees. If somebody comes and they go, hey, I want a dark roast, you say, uh, hey, uh, try this. You know, we have a really fruity coffee from Bali. You should check it out. Or this really exotic lemony coffee from Ethiopian. And they might try it and, and be like, hmm, I'm not sure about this, but something might ignite a, a curiosity yeah. that there's more to it. I think that, but it, it definitely probably starts with the person. In this day and age, I think there's no excuse um, not to delve a little deeper into varietals and, and uh, subtleties of a product. I mean, you know, you can go to a place and get a bottle of wine and you'll you'll get your bus and you'll, <laughs> you know, you can get, get have a good time for $8, mm -hmm. but... If you get a little curious, if you ask some questions, if you read a little, you'll find all the all these uh, nuances of uh, flavor, of varietals, of origin, and so it's really a, a combination of a, an interested consumer and uh, now that having places where where people have the ability to explore and and really have the world at their hands. Uh, we're in a very fortunate time, I think, in terms of being able to bring teas from distant, remote parts mm -hmm. of the world. Same with coffee, wine, pizza. Look, you know, <laughs> look, at, look at beer. I mean, look at look at the beer scene in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. And what, what the commercials for the beers, <laughs> it, it, the, the watered down, tasteless, and what it has exploded into. So it's kind of like the same thing, I think, with yeah. coffee and tea. Is there like, um, we all know wine tastings where, you know, some people spit out the wine after every time or they have certain things they do. Is there like certain things for coffee or tea tastings? Uh, we do uh, coffee tastings all the time at our place and it's exactly the same. We will have six or eight different coffees lined up. People slurp <laughs> them and, you know, to shower their palate with all the uh, uh, different elements of the coffee and and often spit out the, the uh, coffee, yeah, exactly the same. Except they get really excited instead of really sleepy. Ex exactly. <laughs> but, there's, uh, there's actually a state of tea drunkenness. Some, uh, I, had a, I, have a, I had a person email me once, and they asked about it. I was like, yeah, actually, you know what, you're right. Because I drank uh, matcha. I did a matcha tasting, like six different types of matcha, which is a, a powdered form of tea. It's ground up, and you dissolve it. And uh, I was on an empty stomach, and... <laughs> I looked at the guy that I was drinking this with. I'm like, are you feeling this? Like, I feel like I'm on cloud nine. I'm like, I feel like <laughs> I'm like levitated. So, um, yeah, you, if you, if you can, you, is that like a new section of the story? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you drink, I don't recommend drinking tea tasting on an empty stomach. You definitely want something in your stomach because if you, you can, you may get nauseous if you, if you hit yourself yeah. with too much of that liquid on an empty stomach. But, um, I drink it personally. I don't, I take a small mouthful. And I drink it and savor it, and then I swallow it. I don't spit it out, but some people do. Yeah, it's more of a personal preference, yeah. I guess. I wanted to ask you, we didn't get to this in the Vox Pop episode, the, the purple tea that was just mentioned at the end. So what is the qualities of that, and what's the taste like? Yeah, so purple tea is actually, it's been around for a while in wild form. And it's and, and what they did in Kenya is they isolated the, the mutation that makes it purple. 
and now they're they've, they're cultivating it in mass and it's in Kenya it's actually it's more um it's it's a poor country so it's it's enabling them to develop a new product that's sort of a Kenyan like they're the ones that are doing right. mass production and it's also higher priced so it's good for them uh so the best way to describe purple tea and actually what makes it purple is a compound that is found in blueberries or red cabbage anthocyanin mm. it's an extremely powerful antioxidant and actually has a whole, much higher concentration than blueberries and it's very close to a green tea um, as far as its flavor, but it doesn't have the grassiness. So it's a by itself, it's a pretty light tea, but we're also now incorporating it to blends. So we're doing a jasmine one and the one with citrus. So, but it's that purple, and it actually literally looks purple. When you, the infusion, I, I, when I first wrote about it, I, I did a picture in the snow just to kind of show the contrast. <laughs> And it definitely is purple. So that's kind of a new huh. and upcoming thing. And um, I think a lot of people are interested in it because it has a lot of the, the health benefits, the high antioxidant content because it's grown in very high altitudes. Um, and just to like that color too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I have a question for both of you. If you had to pick three tea or coffee, three brands to take with you, if you had like going on a desert island or something, what uh, three would you pick? Three three brands? Or not brands, like three types of coffee, whichever you want. Well, I would definitely take uh, a, a Kenyan uh, coffee. I would definitely take a uh, Costa Rica, and I would take a uh, probably a Brazilian. That would cover me, I think, on, on, <laughs> on three uh, parts of the spectrum. All, of course, there's a lot, a lot of others that yeah, fill. Yeah. But if I only had three, uh, I would, those three would probably please me most of the time now are they in the medium or lighter or darker well again you know the uh, the roast you know all those coffees uh, lend themselves to different interpretations each roaster would i like roast. that keyboard um analogy yeah. too by the way yeah well for to that point <laughs> the, the kenyan would be a little bit on the on the on the higher end of the keyboard the costa rica would be or a good uh, guatemala from huehuetenango would be right in the center and the Brazil will give me a little bit more chocolatey, cocoa-y. So you're covering notes. all your bases there. Basically, those three would, would on different moods, uh, <laughs> please me. But like I said, there's a lot of shades of, yeah. a lot of keys on the keyboard that would be unrepresented. But if you're giving me three, those are the three I would take. <laughs> all right. And tea? Well, with tea, it's like there's definitely moods, but I, I kind of split up into times of day. So in the morning... And I typically drink uh, East Frisian Broken Blend, which is a, a, a mix of different Assam teas, like a hearty, very strong, takes milk well, morning booster. In the afternoon, I'd probably opt for Golden Monkey, uh, which is a Chinese black tea, which is just an amazing cacao notes, uh, very smooth. It sounds and, like an exotic island tea, right? Yeah. There. And at night, I'd probably... Uh, either yeah, I'm really a big fan of the new turmeric teas that we have, and so there's a turmeric uh, comfort which I like, which has bee pollen and some other ingredients in it, and it's really just a soothing nighttime and a day tea. Great. Well, I think a lot of listeners will enjoy going and finding those and trying those. Do you, either of you guys have a funny story to end us on? Well, we get a lot of questions about the uh, the uh, Indonesian. I forget the name of it, but this coffee. Somehow, somehow the word spread that there's this coffee that there's uh, the animal. I don't know what even what the animal's name is, but it, apparently it picks the uh, ripe coffee cherries, only the the most perfect ones, eats them, 
and the 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 <laughs> the, the poop of this animal has become a, a very uh, desirable in demand uh, coffee, um, and I, I I know the name of it. I can't recall it, but that's that's something I recurrently get asked about. If we carried it, if I've tasted it, which I have, and it's nothing uh, special, <laughs> nothing as special as you would imagine from the process. Uh, but um, yeah. Oh boy. Well, Flavio and Kevin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you Great. so much. Was, thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Same here. Thank you. That was Flavio Luchtenthal of Number Six Depot. Find them at sixdepot.com, and Kevin Borowski of the Whistling Kettle at whistlingkettle.com. This has been Food Friday Leftovers. I'm Ashley Kinsey. And I'm Dave Hopper. Be sure to check out Vox Pop Food Friday every Friday at 2 p.m. on WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Jessica Blaustein Marshall. Our theme is Beach Disco by Dougie Wood. Food Friday Leftovers is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. And tune in next week to see what else we find in the fridge. (laughs) 